0: Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Kimberly Majeski. Hey, Jim. Kimberly, so good to see you today.
1: Very good to be here.
0: And we are talking about Corrie ten Boom. Yes. There's a famous name that many of us know. She passed away a long time ago. She did. But she... while she was alive, she was a phenom. Mm-hmm. She wrote a book called...
1: The Hiding Place.
0: It's the story of her family. During World War II in the Netherlands, she was a Dutch woman. Her family would hide Jews and resistant fighters and others who were fleeing the Nazis. They would risk their lives, everything they had, everything in their ordered existence where they might have played it safe. Instead, they chose to risk everything that others could live. It's such a noble and inspiring Mm -hmm. story. But in the end, someone betrays them, and the Nazis arrest them. The people in their hiding place of their house are not discovered and ultimately find their freedom in the United Kingdom. Mm -hmm. But the Ten Boom's... Cory and her sister and her father, they're all hauled off to Nazi concentration camps. Only Corey will live to tell the tale. The lessons from her life still ring true. The years of Cory ten Boom growing up in a kind of idyllic world mm-hmm. in a Dutch village, her father was a watchmaker, you know, Everything you might have stereotypical about the Dutch was in her house. That's right. You know, the pained glass, the scrubbed front steps, the uh, lace curtains, mm-hmm. uh, butter and bread and, and rich mm-hmm. dairy foods and windmills off the back. I mean, all of it <laughs> is kind of like a stereotypical postcard. And that was her life until World War II came and the That's Nazis right. invaded.
1: Everything changed.
0: Everything in occupied Holland was different then. And her family They were all devout believers in Jesus, and that faith led them to risk everything to save the lives of others.
1: That's right. They uh, risked their lives, literally, to hide people of, of different faiths, to hide the Jews, and to hide resistance fighters so that they would be protected from the Nazi regime.
0: But the Nazis, in the end, apprehended the Ten Boom's. All are hauled off to concentration camps. Her father will be dead in 10 days. He was an older man then. She and her sister were taken to northern Germany to a concentration camp reserved just for women called Ravensbrück. And there they endured a nightmare. Betsy would die in the camp. I mean, the camp life was was terrifying. And it went on for years. This was not just like a 30-day journey for them. They spent years in this hostile environment. Mm -hmm. Most of the women in the camp were Polish. Uh, Just a thousand of the 132,000 women who would walk through the gates of Ravensbrück were Dutch. So, in that way, they were kind of a minority. Think about this 132,000 women would be imprisoned there. Only 15,000 of that number would survive the war. I know,
1: it's unbelievable. I mean,
0: that tells you about what it was like to live Mm in the camp. Horrific. Tens of thousands of them were deported to Auschwitz where they were gassed to death. Mm-hmm. But also there was a gas chamber at Ravensbrück. But the women there usually died of malnutrition mm-hmm. or hard labor. They just were beaten to death. Also tortured with medical experiments. I mean, right. how would you survive? I mean, Kimberly, we we think about this, if you... Just imagine what it was like to get up every morning off a hard bunk that was probably lice infested where you're chilled to the bone in a harsh German winter. You have just rags for clothes. And now you're going to be whipped into shape again today like you were yesterday and the day before that and every other day. And all you have to look forward to is another day like that and another day like that. I mean, how do you survive?
1: I can't imagine it, Jim. Honestly, the trauma of it. It's mystifying to me how survivors came out and would talk about what they went through and, and how they made it through. Even as a middle school kid, you know, I read that and just could not believe that these kinds of things could happen in this world. But they did. They were her reality. And what Corrie ten Boom does in this camp is finds a way in all of this horrific, nightmarish reality to be a light to the people who she's imprisoned with.
0: I actually met Cory Tanboom in person because I'm a really old guy. <laughs> but she came in person and spoke at the university where I did my undergraduate work. That's so and wonderful. And it was such a compelling, mm-hmm. compelling presence. And these many years later, that was 1974. Mm-hmm. I have never forgotten it.
1: Did you know then how profound it was that she was sitting there in front of you and sharing? Well,
0: I had read the book. Yeah. There's a film produced from the book that followed the year after, Mm -hmm. but I hadn't seen the film yet. I had just read the book. But the book, as you've described, once you pick it up, it's hard to put down. Mm -hmm. So I knew her story. And when she stood there and talked in the flesh, it was so real. Mm -hmm. And she had a very gentle, still very thick Dutch accent, but a very gentle voice. Mm -hmm. And she stood as an aged woman telling her tales. And one thing that she impressed upon me, and I was just one of... Thousands in the room, really, Mm -hmm. at the campus chapel was this, that when she was a young girl in her idyllic upbringing, she would take the train with her father to Amsterdam. They lived in a city somewhat far away. He was a watchmaker and would have to go to the city from time to time to get parts and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And she was always excited to go with her father. And she would get to the train platform, but then she would become anxious because she knew when she got on the train, the conductor would come and require a ticket. And she didn't have the ticket. And she described how she would call out and she called her father, Papa, 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 I don't have my ticket. What's going to happen to me? And he would always say, there, there, Corey." not to worry because I have your ticket and I'm not giving it to you yet because you don't need it yet. But when you do need it, Mm. I will make sure it's in your hand. And her telling of that story was then translated into how she survived in the camp. This concept that she had a heavenly father Mm -hmm. who had exactly what she needed when she needed it, but Mm. she would not receive it until the moment she needed it. So how am I going to endure another day like this? Well, that will be tomorrow's gift to you. Mm -hmm. Today, I have what you need. And that kind of one day at a time confidence that I'll get what I receive. It may not be what I want, and it may not be in first class, but Mm -hmm. I will make it through the next day because Mm -hmm. God's going to provide what I need then. I can't worry about that. I have to trust today. I have never forgotten that.
1: Mm, It's powerful.
0: And that is born in her experience with her father, her family growing up, Mm -hmm. and I realize some of the people listening to us today don't have trustworthy people in their families of origin or maybe in their present day, and so it may be a hard concept to translate. But Corey's trust was grounded not just in her family, it was in her faith. Mm-hmm. Because the scripture talks about trust. It's, a, it's an important concept. And I know you have some uh, yeah. texts there from both the Old and New Testaments, Kimberly, that talk to us about the value, the primacy, the power of trust. For instance, in the Proverbs, famously, what does it say?
1: Yeah, Proverbs 3, five: trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding.
0: <laughs> Let's just stop there. Trust in the Lord. So you have to trust something. Do you trust yourself? And I think this is what Corey was explaining mm-hmm. to us way back when. In that camp, I couldn't trust in myself because I was too weak.
1: Right, broken. I, and-, and
0: I couldn't trust those Nazi guards. Mm-hmm. And the other inmates, how could I trust them? I could trust them to suffer with me, but mm-hmm. what power do they have? Mm-hmm. I had to find something to trust, or I would have been spent. Mm-hmm. So trust in the Lord. And then the next part of it, Lean not on your own understanding because our own understanding is small. <laughs> if all I can see is the camp lineup, <laughs> I'm I'm gone. Yeah. I have true. to trust God who is outside of and beyond my circumstance and believe that somehow, some way, I'm going to be delivered.
1: You know, Jim, we have this next text here from John. Um, but it before I read that, it almost makes me think about what we see in the literature, um, from the martyrs and from the persecution of in early church years, that these people, under this horrific trauma, would focus so faithfully, so singularly on the hope of God answering this injustice. and that, Christ was fighting for them, that that God was on their side. And literally, that is how they made it through those days, because there was nothing else to hold on to.
0: And it became so real that it strengthened and empowered them to stand right. tall when without that trust and faith, they would have crumbled. Absolutely. And that passage you referred to in John, John yes. chapter 12, is Jesus speaking. What did he say to the crowds?
1: Jesus shouted to the crowds, if you trust me... You are trusting not only me, but also God who sent me, John 12, 44.
0: And when I hear those words, I think Jesus is reassuring his audience then and us now. Mm -hmm. If you can see Jesus, if you can understand Jesus, you have seen a doorway to God himself. Mm -hmm. The God of the universe, the creator, is represented to us in Christ, in Jesus. So all you have to do is get to Jesus, Mm -hmm. and then you have the power of heaven on your side. That's right. In Hebrews, uh, the author of the book to the Hebrews in the New Testament writes to us For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we shall share in all that belongs to Christ. Mm -hmm. And so there does uh, the scripture remind us that we have to be faithful over time. So at the beginning, it's easy to trust, maybe. Mm -hmm. On the first few days, you're in the camp. But if you're faithful to the last, you can embrace the inheritance of all that Christ has, life and love and hope, eternity. Corrie ten Boom was someone who dived into these ideas Mm -hmm. and survived. It's hard to imagine how we could do it. But again, as she described her father on the train, day by day, she had just a little bit more, just a little bit enough. One of the most poignant scenes in the film, The Hiding Place, is when Cory Ten Boom, who is played by an actress named Jeanette Clift, finds her beloved sister Betsy, portrayed by Julie Harris, dead. She dies in the camp, dies from malnutrition, from the beating, from the hard labor, from the horror. And she runs away, Corey does, and she's just clutching her own chest, weeping and crying at this unspeakable loss after everything else. Do I have to lose Betsy too? And yet in that moment, there's a, an element of trust, there's a foundation. Somehow, someway, God has my sister, mm-hmm. and God still has me. Mm-hmm. And if it's his will for me to live, I will tell still of his love and grace. I mean, that calculation of trusting God to the place that even in unspeakable loss, there is life, mm-hmm. and I will be a faithful witness to that life, is what propelled her to become a global phenomenon in the years after the war. Her faith and her trust, I think, were strengthened because she was focused on Christ. And when she saw Christ, she saw Christ in everyone around her who was suffering. And as Jesus said, when you do unto the least of these, That's you do right. to me. And so as she ministered in the camp in her own suffering, she was always kind of thinking about the people around her, even though she had nothing to give. I know.
1: And almost like she was fortified by serving them, by encouraging them, by you know answering their pleas and cries for help and hope. She almost drew her own sort of life and strength from from sowing that in the hearts of others.
0: And each time she interacted in that way, her own trust in Christ Mm -hmm. was strengthened because she could see him there. And then at last, I think she understood the suffering Christ. She was in a world of suffering and she understood, this is a man I can trust, this Jesus guy, (laughs) because what I'm suffering is not yet what he suffered as he was nailed to a cross. And that reality, all of those things spoke into her life and gave her a sense of triumphant trust. Folks, we don't know what you're enduring right now. We can't know your story. I know mine. And there are some things in my life where I can't do anything except just trust God. Mm -hmm. I can't figure it out, and I can't solve it. I can't manipulate events, and I cannot control them. I can only trust Jesus. But when I trust him... Even in the midst of the heartache, sometimes I feel free. And folks, I want to tell you that whatever is your journey, whatever is your hard place, whatever you feel like you have had to suffer in loss, maybe you're in pain now physically. Maybe you're in pain emotionally. Maybe you are just not certain what to expect next. Maybe you feel like you're in the camp with Corey and every day is bleak like the one before. I'm telling you, you can trust Jesus. And if you will try and connect to him, if you will open your heart to him, and if you will open your eyes and actually see him supernaturally, I promise you, supernaturally, he will come alongside and he will see you through. You can trust him. How do you get started? Where to go? Start right now with us and join us in this prayer. Our Father, we thank you that you know exactly who we are, where we are. You know about the spoken world. You've walked in it in the person of your son, Jesus. You know what it's like to be betrayed. You know what it's like to suffer loss. You know what it's like to be physically in pain. And you know what it's like to have your heart pierced, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually and intellectually and every other way. You have suffered in ways we cannot yet imagine. And still, you love us. And knowing us, you stand with us. Lord, help us to trust you. We know, Lord, that you have walked through the valley and come out on the other side. We want to do the same. Help us to trust you, Lord, and to find that trust strengthened when we look around and see other people who are struggling and we attempt to encourage them. May we see you in them and then trust you all the more. May we never forget, Lord, that you have promised never to leave us even to the end of the age. And so today, Lord, we surrender our lives into your hands and we ask that Jesus Christ will walk with us breathe new life into us, and prove our trust in Him worthy. Now, wherever you are, whoever you are, give us a call. Whatever your circumstance, let us hear from you. You want to know more about this Jesus and how you can trust Him? Dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's one 800 757 Three nine, 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We're by the phone. We're waiting for your call. And Kimberly, if they don't want to call us up but would prefer just a little more distance, they can go online. Where will they go?
1: That's right. Visit us online at cbhviewpoint.org. Send us a message and we'll respond.
0: That's CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are. cbhviewpoint.org. At the last, you can also just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon Viewpoint. Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, check us out online, or use Surface Mail, please, let us hear from you. You can trust us. Kimberly, thanks for coming alongside today. Mm,
1: Thanks for having me. Good conversation. So
0: good to see you always. Mm -hmm. And we thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we continue to unpack the story of Corey Ten Boom. For all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.